0: Brother, do you know Kevin K from Crossing Broad? Uh, I do not know him. No. Well, I know who he is. Kevin K. I don't even know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's always soccer in Philadelphia on July nineteenth, twenty twenty-three, as we record this. I know it's been a long time since we did a show, but I, I promise you, it's just because it's been a it's just been a bitch to find time. Quite honestly, like two little kids and. Uh, a lot of stuff going on at crossing broads so it, it, it that's that's just all it is really you know there's just been a lot of stuff going on with uh with work and with the family and all that stuff and i promise that i will uh you know try to get back on on track here and and, and do our thing um uh, joining us by the way uh for the second time i believe on the program but you know him from the gambler and all the great coverage that they did last year and the year before is john jansen back with us what's going on brother
1: What's going on? Yeah, you've been busy across Crossing Broad, so that's a good thing. You guys, have been doing some great work. And I feel like every time I come on the show, because last time I came on too, wasn't there a contra? I think it was a fight where the the trainer ended up getting into a fight with... Uh, players and we broke that all down and now we're doing it again where they just fought right. with nashville uh so yeah you you like to bring me on like i'm a, a ufc commentator we could break down the fight that's my that's wheelhouse like, that's like my that's like a radio wheelhouse right there yeah it's fine
0: yeah i guess you're right because when yeah when you came on the first time it was when paul rushing was ready to like yeah. uh, get in the <laughs> octagon with new york city <laughs> fc and uh valentine castellanos and uh then this time we had the, the nashville fan throw a bottle um at the at, that hit gosh dog or didn't hit gosh dog, he hit like McGlynn or something. I think and it hit then, McGlynn yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I was sitting I was sitting in
1: aimed <laughs> for gosh dog, by the way. There's aiming tried. for gosh dog.
0: <laughs> and then I was sitting in section one thirty three the other night for the NYC game and there was like beers being thrown and shit like that. Yeah, so I, was,
1: I saw that. Yeah, I know you yeah. couldn't get to the bottom of why it all started, but uh yeah, there were cans being flown, I guess.
0: Yeah, so yeah, we can start there actually. It's funny because I don't um you know, I, I don't sit in the press box very often anymore. I only go down, sit in the press box, like, once a uh, once a year. I actually really enjoy the fan experience. And, like, I, my honest take is, like, I think everybody in the media should try to do that. Um, yeah. it, it At least at, like, regular intervals, maybe, like, once per year. You don't go down with a credential, but you go sit with, like, your family or, like, friends or something. You just try to experience what the fans are experiencing because I think it just gives you more uh, – uh, like credible credibility, not credibility, but like you, it just helps you understand what the. Yeah, it's a different perspective.
1: Is. You're getting it from a yeah. fan's perspective, and you get to be a fan even just for a little. I know you want to keep bias, but you know, just understanding why the people you are actually going to be writing or you know putting this audio out for or video out for, yeah, like yeah. you'll be in the stands with, and to kind of be in that, you know, on the ground action, I guess, is the way. Well, right,
0: yeah, it. and it gives it helps fight the combat the impression too that like the the sports writers are all like sitting up in the press box like sniffing our own farts and thinking. That we're like the the greatest thing of all time. No, I think when you come down and like try to interact a little bit, it just gives you yeah better understanding of how it goes. I have now walked a half mile in everybody else's shoes to lot C. So uh, you know while carrying a four year old, so I understand what everybody's going through with all of that. But yeah, I mean like the stadium's rocking, man. I, I you know it's like sold out. Um, you know section you know River End looked great the other night. I, I think um like the exp- explanation was uh, we we were up in we had club. Um, seats or seats where you're allowed to go up in the club or whatever. Shout out uh, AJ for hooking that up. And you know we go down to our we start up there and then we come down to our seats in the second half of the game. And uh, so we're sitting down at the bottom of 133, and there was like a group of uh, like families, um, I guess, above us really. Uh, and there was just after the third goal when NYC cut one back uh, you know, make, make it two to one. There's just like beer started coming out of the <laughs> third land on the people below us. Now the one guy, the one New York guy on Twitter was saying that union fans were throwing stuff at him. I, I don't know if that's true, true or not. I, I did get more video. I had video after the third goal of beer hitting the union fans. And then I got video of the second goal of more, more beer hitting union fans. But the person who sent me the second video said the union fans were not we're not no, listening. and
1: not to say that that person that New York City fan, you know, is not credible. They Look, you're in a a large crowd, and I'm sure there might have been a goal or something that happened, and somebody, you know, maybe cheering, beer comes up, and they feel like something got thrown on them, spilled on them, whatever. You know, you're it happens every single game. Like you're you're around a bunch of people that are you're going to feel either uncomfortable, uh, or there's going to be some type of interaction that you felt might have been wrong, even though it's misunderstood. Look, it's twenty thousand people or whatever it is in one stadium. There's bound to be some type of uh, misunderstanding or something (laughs) that happens that
0: pisses somebody off well and you know people i talk to behind the scenes they say that the new york city fans are the worst by far when they come are they really yeah and i don't don't know why that is i mean i I don't you know because the typically that's good i have a
1: buddy that's a NYCFC fan so i can can (laughs) relay
0: that to him but i don't know have you ever like like sat over there before or like walked around in that uh, that yeah i've
1: sat i forgot what section it was um it was a pretty good seat but it was facing the press box. I, I was in in that section. So okay, yeah.
0: So like one. I wasn't
1: in the river end, but I was uh, kind of midfield. I would say.
0: Yeah. Okay. So like, I mean, most people listening will will know this, right? But because the it's mostly like hardcore Union fans who listen to this. But if they, like if you're not familiar, you know, they like one thirty three is where they put the visiting fans, and then you the gap. Uh, there's a gap ac- across the the corner where 134 is and the river end starts. And I guess the corner creeps still sit there. I mean, there's still a banner up there, but I, I don't know if they're active or not. I guess I guess corner creeps was supposed to be the one corner. Then like the Keystone ultras are on the other side or whatever. That's supposed <laughs> to be. sons of Ben in the middle. I don't fuck. I can't fucking remember. But um, that's neither here nor there. But the point the point being is that like they they so there weren't enough New York fans to fill up all of 133. So they partitioned it off and then they got Union fans sitting right below. And then you got union fans who are sitting right across the step, the steps from them. So it's just like, I, I mean, it's not, it's not a criticism of the union or the front office really or anything. But it's like, there's got to be a way to separate them from the union fans a little bit more or at least like make it so that they're not.
1: Yeah, I know in, in college football, because I have, I've been to a bunch of college football games. I went to East Carolina, and even when I was at East Carolina games, they would have the fan section all the way on the other side of the student section, not even anywhere close. Yes. And that was yeah. even the same thing in South Carolina, where you know there would be a fan section, and it would be all the way almost on the opposite side of where the student section was. Yeah. So yeah like it, you, you would get away from the rowdy fans, like obviously a student section or the river end at Subaru Park. But yeah, it, I, I just it does I seem mean, a little close to like dangerous territory.
0: It does. I mean, it just it just runs counterintuitive, too, because you see like, you know, you go to stadiums like like I actually like down in South America or whatever. And they got like like a chain link fence or they got like plexiglass or some like serious shit there. And it's like as the United States, I would like to think that we're civil enough that we don't have to you know we've <laughs> ever come to something like that at Subaru <laughs> Park. But I mean, I don't know. You do have to have more of a. Like a barrier, like a line of like demarcation there, because even if we with a million security guards there, I mean, if somebody throws a drink or whatever, it lands on like a nine-year-old's head or whatever, then you're still reacting to to something rather than being proactive, you know. So again, I don't, I don't want that to be like a like, well, the union, you you got to figure it out kind of thing, but there's probably a better way to. I don't know.
1: I imagine they're right. I don't think it's a
0: pressing issue, but yeah. So that was part of my I find kind of weird. That was part of my fan experience. The other part of the fan experience was uh, parking at the in Bumblefuck Lot C and walking like (laughs) a mile to the to the game and then coming back. out. It was funny, man, because I just like I know what they're doing with parking and I know that they're pushing it up closer to 291. But it took me 40 minutes to get out of there the other day i've
1: had look i guess because i'm not leaving right away because usually when i go to those games the last few times when you know we were the home of the union when uh not now but we when i would go and you know i'd engineer and do things like that for the broadcast i i would leave a little later obviously and so it wouldn't be right away so i i've not experienced that traffic yet and the only other game i went to as a fan was last year in june remember that miami game they had during the week Brutal game, Corey Burke, and I think it was um, Santos, both had terrible games. Uh, and uh, yeah. they ended up, I think, either drawing or losing that game to Miami. Like the worst loss they probably had all season <laughs> or result. And then they were fine after that. But I went to that game, and traffic was fine. But again, that was a midweek game and you know not as many as there probably were against NYCFC in a weekend game. So I haven't had experienced those traffic issues yet, but I can see where they would come from, though. It's not uh, it's not in the best spot to get out of there
0: quickly. No, no, but it's. I was joking with Pagan because we had Quinn Sullivan on, or we talked a little bit about um the the union stuff on Crossing Broadcast earlier this week, and we we taped with Quinn Sullivan, um, and it it came up in discussion with him. But it's like it took me forty minutes to get out of there. The place was sold out, and there was a fight in the stands. So it's almost like. The union have arrived. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's like you know, it's, you're, you're going through the same. It
1: sounds like an Eagles game. Yeah. No, no it's,
0: it's like I feel like I'm describing Veterans Stadium. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like people being rowdy. Oh, no, the, don't, don't do top. that.
1: Don't put that label on Subaru Park. Don't don't name it the next. Uh, no, but I mean, stadium. I think the
0: parallels are there. you got to walk <laughs> right. through the concrete jungle and then people are like throwing shit. At Where's the other. jail
1: in Subaru Park? Where should that be?
0: To the <laughs> river, but yeah, yeah, in the river itself, I like float, float them out to uh, whatever the town is in New Jersey across the river. And I don't know if anybody lives there, but um, yeah, that was my experience. It was cool. I, I enjoyed going down to games as a fan. I, I just I, I probably should have done more of that over the years because I'm I sitting here.
1: So I haven't been to one yet this year, and I feel bad about that. Well, that's right. And I'm, I know, so- and I'm not working the games anymore. I can go to the games, and then
0: I still haven't been to one yet. Okay. No, know I'm like sitting down there. I'm looking up into the press box, and I'm like. Look at all these dickheads sitting down, like they got their computer and they're like under shelter. You know, did people look up there and think I was a dickhead? I don't know. You start to ask yourself these questions, but oh, they um, definitely did. it a-, a lot
1: when I was because, um, college football games like, oh, you just go for free and get free food and stuff. I'm like, hey, and yes, it's nice. You know, I get all these really <laughs> complimentary stuff and it's really great. Yeah. For a noon kickoff, I have breakfast in the morning at 11 o'clock. It's great. I have chicken yeah. and waffles and it's awesome yeah but also, yeah. like I am there for a job, and by the time you get home and are watching the rest of the college football games, I'm writing up a story, and you know I don't get home till a noon game, probably into like three thirty you know I don't get home till like five five thirty and I'm halfway yeah. you know done the four o'clock SEC game that
0: I want to watch, yeah. yeah, I guess I've just been more self aware of that topic over, over the I try and be as well I yeah. agree. um Good talk there to open the show. Let's shift to the uh, the team itself. Uh, so they go one, two, three, four, five, like nine games unbeaten or whatever that was from April 15th to June 3rd. They lose to San Jose f- June 10th. No big deal. Yeah. You're not going to win them all. You go out to the West Coast, whatever. You get the draw with Orlando where you needed a Jose Martinez- firecracker to get a point there you crush Miami and then you had the two losses to Atlanta and LA before they stunned the friggin world with the with the Nashville win and then they get a good win with New York so I I, you know it's it's just crazy to me we can do a sports radio topic to kind of open this up and (laughs) I I would ask you John Jansen like what your level of belief in is a team that currently sits fourth place in the supporter shield standings um, but certainly has flaws and needs places to go you know as they enter the league's cup break here i mean like do you do you do you believe in this team or do you not believe in this team I think I'm I'm under the camp of
1: believing. You know, I think there was for the first time maybe in a while because last year there wasn't really a lot of doubt. I think the Miami game was it, but again, you're having in your third and fourth strikers, and that was a question mark for the union. So no, it was something that yeah, we know that's a problem, but you know, still once they are full strength, that starting eleven was great. So there's never been, I think, a question in my mind of how good the union have been almost for like two years now. I'll even go back two years and thinking that. And I felt like after the Atlanta and L.A. Galaxy games, and I know Bendik was a net for both of those, but that was the first time you go, OK, maybe something is wrong. You know, and I that's when you were even, I think, starting to put out, you know, guys had career years last year. Should we expect the same? You know, it's hard to expect the same. But I, I'm starting I'm starting to believe in them again. I believe in them because they have a bunch of veteran leadership. They have veteran leadership from the top in the front office, all the way down to coaching, you know, even down to on the field. You know, I know Bedoya is dealing with injuries and that's maybe a cause for concern, but they still have Wagner out there. Gosdaw's a veteran at this point. He's been in the MLS game. He was an MVP candidate last year. Uh, he's a, he's a great leader, I think for them on the, on the, the pitch as well. Uh, so they had the veteran leadership and it just feels like, you know, even if they don't have one of their best seasons, it could all come together well enough that their experience is more favorable even this year even though that team was better last year their experience now through all of it through two years of getting to the Eastern Conference final then winning it and getting to an MLS cup and getting so close that experience i think is more valuable than being at the top of their game all the time in this elite team that's breaking all of these records now, it reminds me a lot of you know Kansas City you know Kansas City after you know that first year Patrick Mahomes throws 50 touchdowns it's the next year you know that they end up winning. You know it's yeah. the next year that they win the Super Bowl, and when, and Patrick Mahomes didn't throw anywhere near fifty touchdowns that year. So it's the year that you don't have a career year, but you gain more experience that I feel comfortable with, and I feel like that for the Union. You know, it's not it's not a big deal if they don't get the one seat. It's not a big deal, you know, if they're they're not the better team than they were last year. But the experience, I think, plays a lot of value in in the union. And I think with the Eastern Conference being wide open, with Cincinnati not having that experience, I, I think it does lend itself to the union being in a pretty favorable spot here, heading into the Leeds Cup break.
0: I like your optimism, man. I, I think that in recent years I've been more optimistic and more positivephia than than negativephia for sure. I mean, the brand that we've you should tried- have
1: heard me after the Galaxy game. I was very negative.
0: Uh, well, I, I had the classic curse thing too, where I, I write like you know one Union column every three weeks on Crossing Broad, and it was like, oh, they're playing their best soccer of the year, and then they lose two, and I'm like, wow, these guys suck ass, yeah. and they win two two in a row, and I'm like, what a what an idiot I am.
1: Yeah, but I think you're you're fair to put out there. This is not going to be the best Philadelphia Union season. You know, we could we could put that label on last year that it was the best Philadelphia Union season, broke all these records. You can't say that this year. So when you can't say that, you know, there there does become a little bit of doubt of, you know, how good is this team and can they reach a ceiling? But you know, I just I value that experience, I guess. So I've seen, here, I guess we've seen this too many times in sports for me not to think the Union
0: are one of those teams. So here's the question I would ask you. Am I the problem? Because I, I I just I can't like I can't shake I don't know what it is I can't put my finger on it but I can't just I can't shake this idea that like the expectations for a team this good were never going to match the the, the reality of the situation yeah. and I think and they couldn't what,
1: match it by the way they've already fallen short of a lot of goals
0: well that's what I'm saying which is why I ask you if if it's like if if I'm just framing this thing the, the wrong way because it's like they're running it back with the best team of all to, of, that they've ever had. But we we all we, shouldn't we all have been naive to think that, that you know these guys like five or six of these guys all had career years last year. So like there's surely there's no way that they can replicate what they what they did last year, you know. But then I yeah. look at it, I'm like they're in fourth place. They still have an outside chance at the shield. They when the Champions League run to the semifinals, they played six games. They only lost one of them but it was that one loss that killed them and i i can't shake for some reason i can't shake that lafc second leg loss because you know then i go back and i look at the beginning of the mls schedule and I'm like if they didn't have the miami loss you know montreal or lando like they they might be right there with, with Cincy. you know it's, it's almost like they put themselves put themselves behind the eight ball but they kind of had to if they wanted to compete in the champions league you know so it's almost like I don't know. I can't really explain it, but it's like you know, you you dedicate. You only have so much of yourself to give. Yeah. And
1: well, it's I I think you know it's good because you know you only you're right. You only have so much that you can give during a season, and the Union are going to play as much soccer as any team in the MLS. But we saw with LAFC, they took that next step, went farther, and the Union have been better than LAFC this season. You know, in league play. Yeah. So I, I I think it's it's beneficial in a way that. You know, they did fall short of goals. They did fall short of, um, you know, CONCACAF Champions League and, and getting further in the next step of that at Open Cup. I don't know how much they really cared about Open Cup, and I don't know what to expect of League's Cup. But, you know, maybe it is all beneficial because even though they have played that much soccer, they also, you know, their, their, their focus has shifted drastically just towards league play in MLS. Yeah, yeah. And since then, it's benefited. Now, the one thing it didn't seem like they were ready for was – For some reason, they weren't ready for – uh, Andre Blake to be missing as much time as he was. Ben Dick should not have been. Business, yeah.
0: Yeah. Just killing him, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's, that's sort of where you see sort of the first few mistakes made by the front office in, in recent years, because Bendik should not have been the backup goalkeeper. I think there should have been a, a forward thinking of, Hey, he's getting older. This guy isn't even though of what he thought he was, he's not that anymore. And he's not a viable option. And if they had a better goalkeeper, who knows where they are right now? Uh, if they had a better goalkeeper behind Andre Blake. So it seems like they weren't ready for that. And you know, they they've had some new guys. I think Buenos, the more time he gets, uh, he's ending up being better. You know, Damian Lowe looked great, but then he had to go away for Gold Cup. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's
1: yeah. it's been it's been a lot of turmoil, it's been a lot of adversity, but they've they've ended up staying pretty steady through it. And I think as now everybody's you know collective in here that you don't have any more distractions. I want to see more experimenting. I don't know about you, but I want to see a little bit more because uh, I think that's where we're starting to see the union shine a little bit more is when you put Bueno in for Martinez and all of a sudden you come up a win against Nashville and it looks like a a stroke of genius. Not saying Bueno is better than Martinez, but Bueno certainly has a role on the field. And, you know, you have some of these rotational pieces that could end up benefiting a lot from, from playing and being in different spots.
0: The depth just isn't there, man. I mean, yeah. like you, like going from Andre Blake to Joe Bendick should not have been the thing. That's the worst. That's the most egregious one. Like unequivocally, man, Matt Freese, um you know, it would be much better off backing up Andre Blake here versus riding the bench in New York city. Like that trade was made a year too early. And I'm not saying that Matt freeze is the second coming of Gregory Coupe, right? There's a random goalkeeper pool for you. But but you know it's it's like yeah that that's that's that drop off in depth is too much, and then going from you know orr and Carranza and and Sullivan, I guess if he's your third to to you know chris Donovan and whomever else you know that that's that that they didn't do enough to address the Burke departure and you know the goalkeeper- position, and this was not some like new. This is not something that snuck up on them. I mean, like they knew that the schedule was going to look this way. So, so that's
1: that's what I couldn't believe is that they knew it was going to happen. They knew they were going to play, you know, a number amount of games that were going to be a lot higher than it has been. And it just seems like they weren't ready for it. Uh, But I do want to ask you about Sullivan because I've been impressed enough that, you know, we, we always been looking for that third striker and I don't know if Sullivan necessarily fits, you know, that picture into that, you know, just taking over for Ua or Carranza when he has, uh, but, they certainly play a little bit different when he's in, and he seems to to have some type of skills that do do end up translating pretty well in that spot.
0: Funny you would ask that because we taped with him for Crossing Broadcast uh, not long ago. Today's Wednesday, he was available today, so we taped it. And we're gonna do. We're gonna play his interview on CBC on Thursday. Uh, Pagan introduced him as a midfielder. Uh, I, <laughs> not I up- necessarily are you wrong? <laughs> so, no, no, no. And here's the funny thing, because then I asked Quinn. I was like, "What, what are you? What are you? <laughs> right? Like, what, not in those, you know, not in those terms specifically. But what, what, what position do you think you play?" And he said he thought of himself as a midfielder first.
1: Wow. You know? Okay. So,
0: and, and like I see it, it, honest to God. Another thing he said that I thought was interesting. He says he said that him and his dad, his dad, you know, played obviously, and so his dad would tell him they'd watch the Premier League growing up and he would give him players, specific players to watch. And I said, which players did your dad tell you to watch? And he said, David Silva and Alexis Sanchez, who are two absolute fucking tweeners who are like exactly like (laughs) Quinn is because they're not, they're not like, they're not really tens, but they're not really forwards either. But, but, but they had played that, you know, and you see that with, with Quinn where he's got a little bit of skill on the right side the other night and he clips a ball to the back post and, and Jose finishes it, but yeah, I don't think Quinn is is a is a forward. I don't think he's a striker. But here's the thing, John: they don't have wingers, not in the three-five-two or the diamond. Yep. And in the diamond, is anybody displacing Goshdog? No, no. So, so it's almost like the same thing we were talking about last year with Paxton, where, where it's like, okay, you know, and the only reason that Brendan got as many minutes as he did at the number ten there is because you know, um, oh my God, Marco Fabian. I almost forgot his name for a minute. Was not <laughs> was not as productive as Gazdog was, you know. So it's like I, I don't I like Quinn. I think he's a good player, but I think he's out of position right now.
1: Yes, out of position. It, but it just with that skill set, it's it feels different. And, you know, I, I feel like they're you know, offensively he's been he's been great. Now, you just mentioned Gazdag and man, every we had that conversation last year of like how much of an MVP is he really towards the team? Because you have a lot of MVPs you can consider, you know, who's the most valuable player on the union. You know, is it the the center backs? Is it Andre Blake? You know, that the offense, despite having Uwe and Carranza as talented they are and Carranza leads them in goals, man, everything runs through Gazda. It feels like, and it, and when he was out, when he was, um, cause I think he was out with Hungary, right? He was out yeah. for, for a yeah. few, you know, yeah. it just felt like, you know, obviously you have a big drop, drop, back in Torres, but they just don't have you know any kind of changes they can make. The key to this is Gazdag, and when Gazdog plays well, you know, the unions offense opens up in an extreme way. And I feel like he's
0: he's played very well the last two games. Here's my problem with Gozdog, not necessarily the last two, right? Because he's been good over them. But I, I don't like there's times where I where I watch him play and I'm just like man like go like the ball's not coming to him. He's not getting a lot of touches and he's just kind of, you know, or he's watching, he's like a spectator at Wimbledon or something. He's just watching, watching the (laughs) ball go back and forth over his head. I I feel like saying to him, like, like go find the game, man, go, go, go do what it is. I don't care if you got to drop back to fucking midfield to do it. I mean, that's not ideal, but if that's the catalyst that gets you some touches and gets you going. Sure. Because, um, right now the best thing that he's contributing is penalty kicks, uh, you know, by far. And you need somebody to convert PKs, sure. But I need to see him bang in some some, some run of play stuff, too. I mean, his assist numbers are really, really good this year. His, his assist numbers are going to eclipse his, his assist numbers from last yeah, year.
1: I think that part of his game is very good. And yeah. you're right. He, he's so vitally important. You know, he has to – because he disappears at times.
0: He does. He but does. it's so all noticeable. Number 10s, all number 10s do, but I think yeah. you're about to make the point that it's more noticeable.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's when, when he starts playing well and he starts getting the ball and, you know, he is involved. It's so noticeable how much better the union are when he is playing at the top of his game and he is searching for it and being aggressive. So it's just – it's constantly – you know, asking for that. And you're right. Asking for him to, if he's not, it's not getting to him, find it. Like you have to find a way uh, because the union just, they, once things run through him, things get a lot better. And I think things open up for Carranza uh, and as well. So uh, yeah, I just, it's been really noticeable the past two games, just how, how much the union need him.
0: The secondary transfer window runs from July 5th to August 2nd. This team uh, is only going to do two things. Um, between now and then, or, or th- this team, if they don't bring in another forward, um, or, or just any reinforcement in general, they're not going to do jack shit for the rest of it. Like, they absolutely need to make
1: a what are move. the chances that happens, though? I don't it's know, just, man. It's just like I'm, a, a non union thing to do. I know, and it? I'm
0: worried, I'm worried about it because Ernst is still, he, they didn't get to a new contract with him, um, at least not that I know of, right. And it, you know how how much of them not having depth this year was his lack of adding that versus like Sugarman not opening up the the checkbook at all. You know I, I don't really know. This the stuff I wish I was still on the beat for because I could you know go to my old sources and, and ask about that kind of stuff. But I, but I don't I don't know if it's an Ernst Tanner thing or a Jay Sugarman thing. I don't know if Ernst is trying to be here beyond this year, you know? So what's his level of motivation like? Are and his they-
1: priorities just seem to never lie in looking at that because, you know, yep. as, as Messi comes in from Miami and Miami's bringing in all of these, you know, top-notch players. The Union have a U22 initiative player that they sign. As well, that's Ohio. what I'm. saying. like a club. I have no idea where from. And you yeah. know, it, it's such a mouthful. You know, it's yeah. Alethu Makanya from Stellenbosch FC in South. Well, it's Ohio. like a.
0: It sounds like a player that Union Hulk made up on Twitter. Yeah. It sounds like <laughs> Dingle McDingleberry from the seventh division Yugoslavia. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, but but I I laugh, but I know that like Ernst will probably have this guy be an all-star in three years. Right. You know, because I absolutely crushed the Kai Wagner signing. I was like, what the fuck are they doing here? And that was like one of my worst takes of of all time because Kai Wagner ended up being the best left fullback in the league and in union history. So I know he's got an eye for stuff, but right, you can't avoid the optics of like Miami signing half of the Barcelona Champions League squad. While we're bringing in Bumble McBumblefuck. I know, from- <laughs>
1: especially the also the optics of what happened at the end of last year. You're bringing out Pax and Harrison, which, like, that's yeah. the good thing about the union. Like, you know all of these guys have potential. And even if you can't see it now, you know what's going to come later. But even despite all that, and it seems like such a well-functioning organization, you know, it's not like baseball where the Atlanta Braves bring up somebody and they end up being Spencer Strider, the best pitcher in baseball. You know, these guys just end up being part of a, a whole collective that ended up being yeah. very good and usable players, and some of them just fit really specific needs that the union have. But then you go into a game against LAFC and here comes yeah. Gareth Bale off the bench and you're bringing off Paxson Aronson. <laughs> yeah, Aronson's yeah. great. Like, you know, that's a great talent. And we know all the great things said about him. And, you know, we want him to be such a great player for the U.S. Uh, squad as well as he pr- progresses throughout his career. But there's a noticeable difference when you have even Bale coming out at the end of his career and Paxson Aronson just
0: starting. Well, I just want an owner who, who who operates from, I think Jay Sugarman's kind of philosophy is like, hey, we're pretty good doing it the way we're doing. Doing it, let's keep doing it. Versus, like, hey, we're getting closer. Now we're gonna open the yep. checkbook and we're gonna go for it. Like, I want an owner who's a motherfucker and who's like, yeah, I can, I can smell blood. You know, like now's the time to do it. You know, I'm not gonna ask. I Jay- wish,
1: and it's not like you're asking for them to to bring in like a bunch of those guys. Just one.
0: Yeah, and you know, no, I don't good I don't- solid move. I don't fault Jay Sugarman for being cheap back in 2014 when Nick Sakevich was running the show and signing goalkeepers and they didn't even have a practice facility and they were a burgeoning franchise that was trying to figure it out. Like, I get it. I'm not asking a guy to throw money at something just to throw money at something, but it's like now they have a plan in place and they have strategies and, like, it's supplementary to to, now we're going to make that big splash. You know, there's a time and a place for the big splash, and the time and the place was the last three years, right? And the big splash was ooh -ah. right for three million dollars yeah. or whatever when atlanta well and they
1: got lucky because it wasn't considered a big splash but they got Carranza for nothing and that ended up being a big splash
0: I, Carranza well yeah i mean Carranza was a money ball move yeah you know again it, it, well it was I, a 100 yeah. percent money ball move. But and the, it ended yeah. up
1: being that kind of player that you want it's just that you know when it comes down because that doesn't just fall into your lap you have to sometimes go out and
0: pay for it and get it yeah I mean, yeah i just I think, don't do that here's a theory that i have and you tell me if i'm full of shit or not I think Ernst saw the success they had with the Carranza thing. And he's like, let me see if I can replicate that. Um, And that precipitated the low Perea and Torres moves because before that, they really, he didn't make trades in the league. You know, he pulled like diamonds in the rough out of Stellenbosch football club, you know? So I wonder if the Carranza thing, I had this theory that the Carranza thing kind of pushed Ernst a little bit to be like, let's see if I can hit this again. Um, and dig dig up a player who's kind of forgotten at another team, and see if I can turn him into a star here, and you know because yeah, uh, Lo Lowe, has been the best of those three by far. But again, it's like he's a center back, you know. So
1: yeah, uh, it if that fell into their lap. Right. It's it's like the Eagles um with running backs, you know, it just kind of falls into the lap where you can either get Miles Sanders or where you get DeAndre Swift and Rashad yeah. Penny, who, you know, have five and a half yards per carry each coming into the Eagles. Yeah. You know, because nobody else wants them. You know, Carranza ended up in a bad situation in Miami. Miami had to find a way to get rid of him uh, and he wanted out. And here comes the union kind of scooping him up and you know obviously aware of the talent he has and knowing that they can use it. That doesn't happen all the time, though. You know, there are some times you're going to get, you know, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Petty, and then there's times you're going to get a running back who's probably going to give you three games, and you realize he, he ain't nothing. He ain't shit. Yeah. So, yeah, the union kind of yeah. did that yeah. where they got lucky that that just fell into the lap, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen at all. You know, so, yeah, I, I've always thought that, too, and I, I've said that on on our pod as well, the, the union soccer pod with Joe, that, you know, I, I felt like because the Carranza thing got lucky that, you know they they kind of fell back on that and doing that. And they ended up signing some really bad players. Uh, yeah, not really it, bad, but it, they just, they, they ended up not making signings that um, were are going to benefit them the way Carranza did.
0: They needed to be, uh, there's a time and a place to be aggressive. I think now's the time yeah, to be aggressive. Now is
1: certainly the time
0: knowing that like, Hey, if this crests, and, you know, we fall back down to earth and then we turn into the flyers or whatever, four years from now, then we're not going to be spending that kind of money. But like you got to kind like these things go in like ebbs and flows, you know, it's like you got to know you got to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. You know, what other cliche? Yeah. Isn't that I, funny? I, where I, the even the
1: Flyers it. are kind of understanding the concept of getting it ready at the right time. You know, dra- drafting Mitchkov and knowing that you know in three years yeah. when he ke- when he finally gets here, that you will have a team suitable enough for a player like that. Exactly. Yeah, and, so and it's all about meantime, time. And now the Union have that they have that core, right. have that foundation. The Phillies knew it, and maybe they went a little bit too far because I felt like they held on, but they did it after two thousand eight. They went and still signed a bunch of guys because they knew, hey, we're going to win now. You know, we are ready to win now. We know we have the core foundation there. Now yeah. we can go out and spend.
0: The Flyers um, were in a position last year where signing Johnny Gaudreau made no sense. Yeah. The union are in a position where signing the soccer version of Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau would have made a ton of sense. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just different times and different different places as we do our you know, another cross sport comparison here. So I'm, I'm glad you and I are like,
1: I always do cross sport comparisons. It's all I love I the
0: cross sport comparison. <laughs> I mean, we once compared Cesar Hernandez to Ray Gattis on this. I,
1: I know yeah. it's a good thing, but the radio host to me, like Colin Cowherd can do cross like anything referencing. That's why Cowherd's so, like so good to me. Cause he can compare somebody to a, like a <laughs> yeah. sports car. I can't do that. All I know is sports. That's my entire life, Kevin. So everything <laughs> has to be about the cross sports. <laughs> references.
0: It's all right, man. I mean that's 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 our part of our initiative as a five for five uh yeah. <laughs> you know, five for five media guys, you know what I mean? I wrote like three stories, Philly stories in a row today. I think it was like a world record for me, you know? Nice. Um, not six that I'm may- six with the
1: wings too. You're a wings guy, you know. You can step it up yeah. for the wings guy. Do
0: like the wings, yeah. Um mm-hmm. let me shout ask out you to,
1: uh Sean Brace, who is the uh, in arena announcer for that. He
0: is shout out to Sean Brace, yeah. One more topic here and then we can take some questions. Um do uh do you give a shit about the Leagues Cup? No. I don't know yeah, why. I mean, they're me neither. You know what? It's
1: it's funny because this makes complete sense in a soccer, um, soccer. You know, other soccer leagues do things like this, but this is maybe even a a warning to the NBA Cup, whatever the fuck they're calling that. But we gotta come up with a clever nickname for right. that. Like, yeah. Even in soccer where it makes sense to do something like this, nobody gives a shit about it. No. You know, and and you know, you're gonna have the NBA trying to do the soccer thing, but nobody's going to get it. You know, and I'm one of those. I'm I'm one of those that loves just MLS and union because it's more convenient for me to watch and it fits within you know the time frame because MLS season isn't in the same as football season, and I can, you know, can kind of compartmentalize my priorities. Uh, I can't do that with Premier League, so I don't watch any you know, European soccer or anything overseas because football season is football season, and I, that's my bread and butter.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: I, everything to me is MLS, and as an American viewer of soccer, I don't understand or give a shit about League's Cup.
0: I, um, I understand what MLS is doing here. They want to work with League MX to kind of create this continental yep. kind of – not power, but they want, they want to combine the, the, the clout of both leagues and try to like put themselves into a, instead of like working against each other, let's do a, let's combine. I completely get it. Yeah. And
1: it, maybe it could work, but just going into it. Yeah. I, I just don't don't know why or where I should care.
0: Two things here. I mean, I think you're diminishing the MLS regular season when you take a huge break in the middle of it, there's already, the schedule's already janky enough as it is. So MLS has a prior, prior, um, excuse me, prioritization problem where they got to figure out hey what what matters here you know because it's like you take this huge break in the middle of the regular season everybody and their mom gets into the playoffs it's like okay well does the regular season even matter right you're turning it into the nba regular season where the sixers are playing the hornets like three times in four nights and nobody gets <laughs> a shit um that's number one concern i have number two is like these games are all at mls stadiums so this doesn't it doesn't mean anything it's like oh the union win three in a row at home Uh, Well, who gives a shit? I mean, honestly, like, it would be a lot harder for them to go down to Tijuana and win down there. So it doesn't mean – so it's not a level playing field. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll play a tournament where all the MLS teams got to go down to Mexico, you know? I mean, how fair would that be, you know? So I I can't believe Liga MX agreed to that. I I know that, like, you play – you know, Pachuca plays – pick pick a team in Texas, FC Dallas or something like that. Yeah, they're going to have a ton of fans there. But they got to go play in somebody else. Why why do they – Liga MX teams got to play everything on the road? you know so I think that's that's janky you know um you got like ten minutes for some questions here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I got plenty of time. This is from Silver Ray. He says, "How much uh, did you hear on why Austin Trusty was moved to Colorado back in 2019? It was somewhat of a weird situation in the end. Yeah, Austin Trusty won the Crossbar Challenge for Arsenal. Yeah, MLS. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? like? All I-, I saw
1: was videos of uh, Almada. He was the one stealing the show. I did end up seeing that Crossbar one. I did see that for Arsenal. I was
0: just playing like here's a homegrown Union player, the one who was like shipped out to Colorado, <laughs> and he made it to made it to Arsenal doing well in the championship i guess he was like with birmingham or something and yeah now he's here he is on the <laughs> stand up next to georginio and like you know that's <laughs> just like, so strange it's like it's like the same to me it's like the same as like john mccarthy beating the union in mls couple and what the hell am i looking at why do you gotta bring that up Come i on. didn't hear much to answer the question i didn't hear much at all i was off the beat by then but i think he was just squeezed out because like ernst came in and like he had kind of his plans for that and they're like okay I, we See, Austin is surplus. I, like, I don't know if there's anything more to it than that. I didn't hear anything behind the scenes, but admittedly, I wasn't like digging at that point. Um, but I'm happy for Austin. I'm happy he's doing well for sure, you know? Uh, Connor says are we at Defcon 3 yet with not hearing about the Ernst extension and number two um, is there any chance mm-hmm. that we got news about a small stadium expansion over the season expanded amenities 5,000 extra seats expand the decks to allow a connected walkthrough concourse up top I'll do that question first I would lo- I, they, they built the stadium in order for it to be expanded or to, to you know to allow mm-hmm. it to be expanded easily I would love for them to make the river end bigger.
1: yeah how many projects are they have they started already though um, <laughs> It seems like they're because they're they're I yeah. mean they're obviously growing. And, and and it's a great thing, you know. They're growing, yeah. or the the training fields and stuff like that. They're doing a lot, yeah. you know, and the training. The Ws
0: facility. the Wsfs Bank Complex. Yes, that rolls right. off rolls off the yeah. tongue.
1: I mean, yeah. I would. I mean, Super Park is certainly ready for expansion, but yeah, they they just have yeah. so many things they're already kind of building on. On those grounds,
0: you would—you know what it would look like, though. I, I think because I like—I do like being able to walk the concourse all the way to the top, but then right, you can't walk over the river end because it's not—it's not connected. You know, if you did that and you built on top of the river end, you would lose a little bit of the view of the river. But you know, maybe what you would do is you would. Split so Joe Tanzi
1: couldn't post boat pics anymore. Yeah, Matt, no, we Matt can't to, do that. Yeah,
0: Matthew George would actually have to write something for one, right? <laughs> instead, of, instead of just doing you know aquatic pictures, yeah. Um, but, but they, um. You know, then you would probably have to cut it in half because I don't think the Sons of Ben can fill an extra five thousand, right? So maybe half of half of that section, half of the south end or half of the east end is supporters going up to the top and the other half is like uh general seating or something.
1: Yeah, like. not to say you would lose the charm of Subaru Park, but man, I love it as it is. It's it's such a nice, you know, little stadium that you know fits in a really good place, you know, under the bridge and by the water and stuff. And uh I just I love it. It's got a certain charm to it. That I yeah, hope any expansion right. wouldn't take away from just being this like state of the art, big, <laughs> huge
0: new stadium. It is kind of perfect size. Uh, you know, I agree with you on that. As long as it doesn't lose its its uh, its soul, yeah, then, uh, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> and we talked about <laughs> that. Philadelphia Arizona. soul. They're coming back.
1: I not think. the not the Philadelphia
0: soul. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Mr. says is Bedoya cooked, um, and does he come back next year? <sighs> Injuries are killing him and he can't repeat this next year. I'll take up a roster spot. I don't think it's a hot take at all to say that Ali is is lost yeah. a step like huge. It's
1: clear. Yeah. And you know, what, good for him for having that year he had last year. You yeah. know, because we knew we we know he's near the end of the road and for him to give you know that. But yeah, he he played a he played a lot last year, and, and B, the injuries, you know, even when he plays, I still think he's been fine. You know, I don't think it's been, you know, anything egregiously bad that you have to keep him out of the lineup. It's yeah. just can he stay in the lineup? And that that seems to just be a no
0: john says um <clears throat> excuse me uh diamond or 352 the best option for the rest of the season he says breakdown of food and gear you had to buy your daughter at saturday's match well, I <laughs> I, luckily i didn't have to buy her any gear um but i spent 24 on macaroni and cheese so that tells you all you need Ooh,
1: nice that. well was it was a good macaroni and cheese
0: um, uh lobster mac and cheese yeah but she oh, didn't like she nice. didn't like the lobster she john she didn't like the orange pieces in the uh mac and cheese <laughs> which was the lobster so i took the took no, that that's out a good there. thing
1: she doesn't have a uh an expensive palate so
0: that's uh, I no I no I, she wanted a hot dog and i'm looking around in the, the club section i'm like I, I got sliders here i don't know if she were, like <laughs> sliders I'm like, oh there's mac and cheese i looked at the thing i was like 24 for lobster mac and cheese i'd Nearly a shit a brick in the up there, but um, yeah, good
1: thing uh, about I don't know the sausage and pepper line when I went into a game was uh, <laughs> it was non-existent, so I I went up there got a sausage and peppers, it was easy. I'm but spoiled with like all hot dogs. All the time. I'm spoiled
0: fake news media. I'm used to getting the free uh, Aramark spread before all the, uh, the games, <laughs> you know, and then the pretzels at halftime or whatever, you know. So. You um, have a,
1: a decent spread. I'll give the union
0: that they know. do. It's good. And press you gotta, you do.
1: spreads. Now, you know, so we yeah. can be on our high horse a little bit. We've been, you know, yeah. faking it too much that we want to be with the fans.
0: Self aggrande. Uh, Let's get back to self aggrandizing. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah. 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 Back yeah. where the air conditioning is. Um, <laughs> and uh, the free not sure. food. Not they down do a pretty good job. I've always not
0: down them. in the, uh, not down in the, the seats with the plebs, you nah, know, yeah. like we're up in the, uh, <clears throat> the, the village
1: place. of peasants down there, you know? <laughs>
0: So the first question was Diamond or 352. Yeah, you, you know, the question really you're asking yourself is would you rather have Damian Lowe on the field or would you rather have one of Leon mm-hmm. Flock or Jack McGlynn, right? Um and as I much would,
1: as Lowe has been there, I would rather have Flock McGlynn.
0: I, I would say if if Jack McGlynn continues to play at a relatively high level, I'd rather have him on the left in the diamond mm-hmm. than play the three five two, which sounds sacrilegious because I've been pushing for the three five two on this podcast since the day we started it. Um but again, I just think you're like trying to fit your personnel better and like Jack McGlynn gives you something on that left foot there that you just don't have going yeah, I think forth, it's you I know? think it's something
1: good to rest on you know if you really need to do it. and they have and it's it's gone to great success but no their their bread and butter is
0: always going to be the diamond um Reese says do you think the new South African defender will actually play for the first team I mean not, not just, <laughs> no. he says it's I mean he's right here he says it seems more like Odada. Uh, considering he's a U twenty two guy, but it seems, but it does seem odd considering considering the depth in that spot. I'm not sure why they see Brandon Craig or where they see him projecting long term. But it seems like it won't be in Philly. I, I
1: love, know. I love that question because you and me both probably have never watched a single second of this dude play soccer. I know nothing about him. No, it's like no, me watching it. the Major League Baseball draft, and I love baseball, but watching the draft in like the 16th round, and they draft some high school player in the middle of bumfuck Iowa, and I'm like, sure, I'm supposed to know who that is for the face. I, I
0: haven't watched South African soccer since uh, Shabalala scored the opening goal at the, the 2010 World Cup. Um, and the last South African, the only other South You think he
1: played in that World Cup? Uh probably not. The the U twenty two guy that you know. No, I
0: guess not, probably considering probably. he would have been ten yeah, at the yeah. time. But uh the the only other South African athlete I've even watched at that time was the was uh du Plessis at uh at the MM at uh, UFC two, whatever that was. Like I I just like how that's a
1: totally <laughs> valid question to think of what you know, what are the projections for this guy as a union player. But also knowing you know me and I would assume you as well, not knowing a damn thing about this guy.
0: <laughs> well, but but the projection, but he was asking on the back end like where right. you see uh, where you see Craig projecting. I, I the reason they loaned him to Austin was just because he wasn't going to play here. You know, it's I don't think it's that they're down on him because I don't think they are. I just think it's like you got Glessens, you got Elliot, you got Low. Then when you go three five two, you can have Kai play LCB um
1: yeah and, there was there was no
0: fit so it's just that's their strongest position is the back line so it's just if they're somebody's going to give you assets for a friggin' loan then like yeah of course you're gonna do it you know go develop our player elsewhere and then send him back to us you know that's like crazy to think you know um generic question about the offense we kind of touched on that a little bit um craig says which past or present union players most likely to believe that the moon landing was fake <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably CJ Sapong. I mean CJ was like kinda out there. Um not uh not not too much, but he was a very like um uh, uh earthy kind of guy. Yeah. Is that a word? Earthy? Like he was always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was always
1: connected, talking about connected to uh you know nature art, Yeah, physical he was always talking about world.
0: vibes and frequencies and um <laughs> you know, like like he would have been at the Grateful Dead show the other night or something.
1: I always like love talking about frequencies, yeah. <clears throat>
0: You yeah. know, like a lot of, he's he's um he's spiritual but not religious, right? I mean maybe yeah. that's a good way to that's a good it. way to
1: put it. Spiritual, yeah. Yeah. Martinez, so have we gotten that from Martinez yet? I feel like he wouldn't actually just care about any of it.
0: Jose Martinez? Yeah. I could Martinez see him is just being like him, guy. I could just, see him being an abstract uh thinker, you know. Him yeah. and AJ him and AJ Brown combined to do a video uh denying the moon landing or something, you know. Um, um, but yeah, who
1: was it? Was it Donovan or Craig? It was uh, which one of those are from Delco and uh, they were they were talking about things they like. Oh, but yeah, it was Chris Donovan when he first came up. Uh, it seems like because he's from Paoli uh, and that he could he could probably have some some.
0: You know crazy thoughts as well probably <clears throat> you know there's some wackadoos out in chester county and delco yeah.
1: being i'm i'm one of those one of, i'm from delco and chester county so i've seen it all i am both i'm a yeah. mixture of, of those two crazy cultures what part of uh, delco yeah. are are you from uh springfield i was okay in so springfield not, and Delco.
0: Oh, no, no, that's that's delco yeah that
1: is yeah that is delco, delco. yeah yeah and if my dad would like, move away because uh baltimore was always just like filled up and he's like i want to go away yeah. and then we moved to the middle of nowhere in oxford pennsylvania all the way out in chester
0: County. Oh, oxford my god i went to somebody from i went to college with somebody who was from oxford so yeah you went oh, to that's the, a shame bumble but that yeah springfield is real delco if you had said like um Nether or Providence Township. Oh no, I'm in.
1: I'm in one that's not. Media is not really that delco.
0: No, no media. Or Nick. Where Nick nurses bought a house recently. In um, media, Dude, I've according. heard that everywhere.
1: I've heard there's an Eagles player. I think in media, Wanda Sykes apparently is in media or something like she's that. From, I have no I idea. Yeah,
0: I think she she's from, from,
1: okay. Yeah. I I have no idea. I just keep being told. Hey, there's you know a lot of people in media.
0: Media is very nice. My wife and I looked out there when we were leaving the city, but we ended up coming back out to Monco because family was was closer out here. So um, yeah, I'm in media
1: now. I uh, very much enjoy it. it's it's Media is very nice for a 29 30 year old. Good spot, that is single and doesn't have a family. Yeah.
0: I've got a lot of love for media. Um, Sam says, I'm guessing you'll touch on. Actually, we didn't, but he's curious to hear our thoughts on teams with turf fields possibly having to roll out grass when Messi comes to town. <laughs> If it's the shit, I don't. I, I honestly, it's not, say much, it's not. But but, are were they saying they're going to do fake World Cup shit where it's like turf and they just put sod on top of the turf? Right. Yeah, okay. So no, I would they, imagine, yeah, that's, no, but no, they need what they need to do, and this, it's embarrassing that it hasn't happened yet. But they need to take like Gillette Stadium turf and they need to remove it and fire it into the sun. And and you know, again, it's a problem with some of these legacy teams that are sharing football fields. But like, yeah, everybody's got to be playing on grass. Man. they got to get everybody on grass. It's just.
1: Yeah, it's just unfortunately not going to happen because you're right. They're in no. stadiums and, you know, NFL teams aren't going to change stadiums around and, you know, what their system
0: is for. No, no, and you can't put you can't Even for
1: Messi. Up. I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but not not even for that. Well,
0: I hope they Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not sending Messi up to Montreal in February to open the season next year because he's Probably eight, not. <laughs> he ain't playing in the in the big O or whatever, you know. So Okay, two more real quick. Uh, do you think KD can pull any of his friends to come play for us? I think the real question, Ryan, is whether he's gotten off his ass and done any of that. Like, I need Kevin Durant to get off Twitter and call Griezmann and be like, "Yo, come on down here." What does? What would you say you do here, Kevin Durant? That's my question. For you.
1: Kevin Durant's not going to do anything. The only it's thing not, he, was... he he has a, he has a stake in this, and you know, yeah. obviously shows some support times from now. This is this is a business opportunity for him and not necessarily a, hey, I want to do something really cool and bring these guys. It's just not going to happen. I
0: think Kevin Durant, what he needs to do is log off of Twitter and go sign some fucking players here.
1: You know what? You're probably right, but I like the way (laughs) Kevin Durant is on Twitter more than Daryl Morey. You know, I'll see (laughs) Like at least Kevin Durant's <laughs> just one of us talking shit, talking hoops. <laughs> Daryl Morey's just being condescending as shit to everybody. At least Kevin Durant is like open about it. Like
0: that's very true. I would it. rather I would rather have somebody be like cringe and authentic versus like tro- trolling us. I guess if I can yeah. explain it that way, you know, um, or
1: you know, trolling and just saying that it's trolling, even though that's not exactly
0: what you intended to do. Joel and Last qu- that's, that's another thing for another podcast entirely. Um, <laughs> Sully has the last question. He says, How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck were limited to chucking three <laughs> pieces of wood, but Don Garber had a vested interest in a particular woodchuck chucking more wood if it would. It's good. Um it's a messy uh line right there. <laughs> Listen, they're, they're, they're gonna like here's <laughs> here's here's what I was saying about this, so then we can end it up. And and publish this piece of shit. Um, (laughs) I feel like that's what Sean says every show. It's like, yeah, I guess we got to publish that piece of shit. It's actually one of my favorite episodes of like the last year, believe it or not. Um, But they, uh, you know, like people got to remember that when Beckham came here in 2007, like sometimes you need these huge like signings of these superstars to kind of challenge the the rules in order to break the rules and and rewrite them and to move yourself forward, you know. So, mm-hmm. is it shitty for the union that Miami can just get go get Busquets and Messi and all these dudes? Well, yeah, but but I mean, like now you you got to push like you got to push MLS into you know, Beckham took us from MLS one to two and he's the reason we had designated players. The DP rule was called the Beckham rule back in the day. So Messi is going to push us closer to he's going to take us from MLS 3.0, to 4.0, you know, and like either like you, I'm going to pull out who's the guy, John Fossil with the Giants, who is like, yeah, if you're in, if you're in get Man, in. I haven't,
1: heard that, I haven't heard that name in
0: a very, yeah. long. how many esoteric uh, references can I make in one podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're in, get in. And if you're out, get out. And he's in this case, he's talking to MLS 1.0 owners who just want to do the status quo. Like Miami moving this thing forward. The league's moving yeah. this thing forward. Like, are you ready to go? Because we are, you know? So yeah, like- I,
1: I like moving forward. I just don't have any trust in MLS being able to properly move it forward, I guess, is that if that's the right way of putting it. I Fair like enough. pushing it forward because, yeah, you, you have to with MLS. This is a huge step forward for MLS. And, like, if you want to call this MLS 3.0, I think this is – because Beckham was one thing and Bale is one thing, but Messi – you know, even at a point in his career where he can still play, you know, at a pretty high level, you know, yeah. that's a different that's a different era. This is entirely new territory. Uh, but do you have trust in the MLS on bringing them into new territory properly? And that's always, you know, because I mean, Joe has the running joke too. It's like the MLS just makes up things as they go, and who knows what the hell they're going to do.
0: Fact that is in that is not disputed as which is the reason I keep bringing up the Marisa Dew thing from 2014. And and sometimes you just like I've I've resigned myself to say that like. Sometimes you just got to uh, just wing it. You got to make shit up on the fly. And if that, if that pushes us into the next era of Major mm-hmm. League Soccer, then so be it, you know? So, um, John, great stuff, man. I appreciate the time as always. Um, Jay Jansen 34 on Twitter. Hopefully you guys are already following him. Listen to The Gambler. The Gambler has shown more love to soccer and the union. Yes. Than, yes any, we other, have. than any other outlet um, in Philadelphia besides whatever outlet I'm currently writing for. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, by the way, I just would say real quick, too, uh, you can probably expect us to have more union stuff or at least a consistent diet of union stuff on Crossing Broad because, like, I'm in charge now. So um, I love uh, that. Not that have nothing, power. Well, yeah. And I would say, too, it's not that like Kyle Scott never gave a shit. I mean, he was like, you know, to do union stuff. Cool. But, you know, I don't there's nothing prohibiting us from doing that. There wasn't then and there isn't now. So. You know, it's my site now, and I'm going to, I can load it up with whatever I want to put on it. So, yeah. Try to do some more union stuff and give the fans what they want, John Jansen, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Sorry for the delay. We'll try to be more active towards the uh, end of the uh, season here, and we'll finish strong.